0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Available as always on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on? It's Louis DiBiase. Welcome to the Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. It's a victory day every day until the Eagles get back at it this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, and that that should be an exciting one between Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, a fun quarterback battle. We'll begin our coverage of that game on Wednesday with our our crossover edition of the show with Lockdown Panthers. So excited about that. And if you miss any of our recent shows, you can check them all out, LockdownEagles.com, and on the podcast feed on Apple Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere, you know, TuneIn Radio, we're everywhere, Locked on Eagles. If you're looking for us, you can find us on any podcast platform. So excited to continue this journey with you Eagles fans, and we're, we're feeling good right now. The Eagles are 3-3. Three and three. They looked like the 2017 Eagles against the Giants on Thursday Night Football. And even, you know, we're going to get into it later on in the show, I'm watching on Sunday the NFC East, and I'm watching Washington, and I'm watching Dallas, and I watched what the Eagles did to New York. And I wasn't very impressed, even though the Cowboys really handled the Jaguars and the Redskins beat the Panthers. So we'll get into that later on in the show. Also coming up on today's episode of Locked On Eagles, we're going to talk about Carson Wentz versus Patrick Mahomes. I watched Mahomes on Sunday night. I watched Mahomes or Wentz on Thursday night. I'm thinking this might be the MVP race in the NFL. It's a quarterback-driven award. I'm thinking this might be it, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that and some some other things. A little bit more talk about the Eagles trading because you know with the amount of time that they've had off now from the Thursday night game up until this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, if the Eagles were to make a trade this week is a realistic possibility. The trade deadline still not coming up for a couple weeks. Howie Roseman has been doing his due diligence. Now you're seeing the Raiders talking about Amari Cooper and Carl Joseph maybe being on the trade block. Because the Raiders are just a fire sale right now and everybody's available, so Howie Roseman has options. And even Patrick Peterson apparently is on the trade block for the Arizona Cardinals, which boggles my mind. But regardless, there's a lot of big name players available at some positions that the Eagles could use some help. So we're gonna get into that as well today. It's a fun time to be an Eagles fan, just you know, getting back to three and three, two and four, staring that down the barrel of a gun, it would have been it would have been a scary scary situation. Even though Carolina lost to Washington this week, I think the Panthers are a good team. I've picked them to win the Super Bowl. Actually, the past couple of years, I had the Panthers winning it all, and you know they went to the Super Bowl in 2015, and you know ever since then they've still been a good team, but they haven't quite been the same. But nonetheless, it's a, a good test for the Eagles coming up on Sunday. So you know some good stuff coming up on the show today. Gino Camilleri, my co-host, is out. He is sick for the day, so he'll get better, and he'll be back tomorrow, so we're going to get into some good stuff throughout the week, but what I want to start with today is Carson Wentz versus Patrick Mahomes, because I'm thinking this might be the the race for the MVP award at the end of the season, and I know Carson Wentz right now isn't really getting that kind of hype, but he is playing like an MVP candidate, and he was doing that last year, and honestly, if he didn't get hurt, I'm thinking he might end up winning the award all around, I don't think Brady wins it. If Carson Wentz starts all 16 games, they they still get the number one seed. He that last game against the Rams, he looked amazing. But it's crazy this year he looks even better. But it's because the Eagles are three and three that he's not getting the hype that a Patrick Mahomes is. And there's there's some other reasons as well. Mahomes, this is his first year. The NFL they're suckers for a good story of a young quarterback you know, like you know, just coming onto the scene, getting ready to take over the league. We've seen this year after year. Let's go all the way back to 2012 with RG3 and Andrew Luck, and Russell Wilson was in that draft class as well, so was Nick Foles, and he is one of only two of those four that have a Super Bowl ring, and Kirk Cousins as well, but I digress. Uh Those, those guys, you know, everyone thought RG3, Andrew Luck, these are the new faces of the NFL and because they played amazing in their rookie years and Cam Newton even the year before. And, you know, it just seems like year after year when a young guy emerges last year with Deshaun Watson and this year in that same quarterback class with Patrick Mahomes. You know, the, the NFL loves it. They love having these young guys take over because it's – not every year that Tom Brady, although with Tom Brady I think he might play forever, but with Drew Brees, he's up there in age now. Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning is terrible now, and he has been for quite some time. The NFL is eventually going to lose their stars at quarterback. They're going to lose their elite quarterbacks, and you have to replenish that with new guys, and I think that's what, you know, not only Patrick Mahomes reflects, but Carson Wentz, and what, the what you know, Mitchell Trubisky and Jared Goff, it's what, and Deshaun Watson they represent the new wave of the NFL. And, you know, with, with Wentz, he's coming off an injury. The Eagles aren't doing as well as the Chiefs are 5-1, and, and they stood toe-to-toe with the Patriots in Foxborough last night. That's a, one of the hardest places to play in the NFL. You know, Lincoln Financial Field, obviously, is one of the big ones for the Eagles, but there's something about being an away team at Foxborough it just sucks the life out of you, and of course, it might have something to do with the best quarterback of all time on the other team and the best coach. But they even play like an even better robotic, well-run dynastic team at home than on the road. And Patrick Mahomes stands in there, goes toe to toe with Tom Brady yesterday till the final the final drive. So he's getting the hype, and he deserves it. And he's he's a new guy coming in. And he has a lot of weapons, and the Chiefs are a flashy team, so they're going to be talked about. But you know what? Carson Wentz, you look at Carson Wentz's numbers, I think eventually when this Eagles team gets rolling, look, I said again already, the Panthers are a good test this Sunday. But they are not a team that I'm coming and saying, oh man, we should be scared, the Eagles should be underdogs. After seeing that win against the Giants, I know it was against the Giants, but it was more so just put the performance of the Eagles in a vacuum. How good Ronald Darby looked. How good Carson Wentz looked, and how they were utilizing Alshon Jeffrey, right, and Zach Ertz continuing to be the best tight end in football this year, if you ask me. So, yeah, it was the, it was a Giants team, but it was a Giants team they should have pummeled, and they did just that, and every area of the ball was clicking. And this is an Eagles, not an Eagles team that, you know, like in 2015, I said this on Friday's show with Gino. you know, that, that Eagles team with Sam Bradford, they beat a bad Giants team that year as well. And you're thinking, they're 3-3, three and three, but this team isn't really going anywhere. This was the start of the turnaround for the Eagles in 2018. They are one of the best teams in the NFL still. But they're not getting the hype because they're three 3-3. and three. But if they start getting it together, they play the Panthers, they play the Jaguars in London, but even the Jaguars. You know, the Jaguars are a team that they're never going to blow teams out. Blake Bortles is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in football. So I don't care how good their defense is. I trust Carson Wentz is going to make more plays against that defense than Blake Bortles is going to make against the Eagles defense. So, say the Eagles get to 5-3 and three in the next couple weeks, Carson Wentz is going to be in the MVP race. Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, they're getting a lot of the hype, and they, they should, you know, especially Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has been amazing. I think he would have been just as good starting last year, and the, the fact that he is this good in one year, making that sophomore leap like Wentz did last year, despite not playing in his first year... Seeing some of the throws he's making, it's incredible. But let's look at Wentz's numbers this year, too. And I'm just, I'm not seeing the hype. We're giving him the hype. But Mike Florio calling him damaged goods. I'm not seeing, other than Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football on NFL Network, I'm just, I'm not seeing the Wentz love. Let's compare some of the stats. I saw this graphic on NFL Network. Carson Wentz, his first four games this year, and his first four games last year. Last year, 60.5 completion percentage. This year, 68.4. Passing yards per game last year, 264.5. This year, 298. Touchdowns to interception ratio, 6 to 2. Last year, 8 to 1 this year. And the first pick he had was in the first couple drives of the Colts game. His first start in a rainy game. He was a little bit rusty to start. So he has one pick. Passer rating last year, first four games, 90.5. This year, 104.7. His total QBR on the year, 104.7. Last week it was 122.2. The week before against Minnesota, 115.3. But it's because White's is playing really well and it's, re- and it's still resulting in losses because of how just undisciplined the other sides of this unit on offense and on the defensive side have been playing this year. Whereas Pat with Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're overcoming a bad defense because they just everybody is clicking on that offense and Andy Reid is gonna be a coach of the year candidate once again there's not a bad quarterback in, in Andy Reeds offense ever AJ Feely was good in Andy Reed's offense Kevin Cobb was good in Andy Reed's offense Michael Vick everybody Sam Bradford would have probably been pretty decent too probably not as good as the other guys you guys know all you know my stance on Sam Bradford but I digress look I think it's and it's it's rightfully so that because the Eagles aren't winning games, Carson Wentz isn't talked about as much as Mahomes. Mahomes' team is better right now. But give the Eagles a couple more weeks, if they can, if they can put together a three-game winning streak here against the Panthers and the Jaguars, you took down the Giants on Thursday night, gets a 5-3, and three. Carson Wentz is going to be right there with Patrick Mahomes in the MVP race. If, you, if I had to put my money on it right now, for two guys that at the end of the year, they're going to have to pick between the two, it's going to be Wentz and Mahomes. You know, and the, again, the part that would hold back once being considered if, is if the Eagles stay around 500. You know, if they get they get in the playoffs, but they win the division at 10 and 6, right? I don't I don't know if that's going to do it, because although the MVP is an individual award, there are a lot of factors that go into the MVP award, and it's just in general end of the year awards and virtually every sport, the best player doesn't always win MVP. A lot of the time it depends on the team's success. Which, in the, with the Eagles' case, is why Wentz probably right now, if the season ended, he wouldn't be in the conversation, because they are 3-3, three and three. even though it's an individual award. That still is a factor in this. Another thing, too, is storylines. Carson Wentz is a great storyline, though. And that's why I think he has, a, he has good odds to win it at the end of the year. He's definitely probably going to win Comeback Player of the Year. Coming off a torn ACL, looking like the stud he has been this year, it's a great story, but Patrick Mahomes' story... You know he he didn't play all last year. He comes in, he takes over a, a team that makes the playoffs every single year with Alex Smith, and he takes that offense to new heights. You know that's that's a story that a storyline that the NFL would love to lay to put an, an MVP title on him, a young guy that could be the face of the NFL. So there there are a lot of factors to the MVP award, but I think these two, when it comes down to it, are going to be the the final two in the MVP race. And these are just look, these are the kind of quarterbacks teams want now. You know, and that's what they, this is who they're going to look for going forward. You know, Justin Herbert in Oregon, he's a similar player where yeah, he's a he's a great pocket passer, he's got awesome touch and throwing power, but he can make the moves on the run, he's fast. He can make throws on the run that you're just saying, "Wow." And that, that that's what we're getting with with Wentz and Mahomes right now. You know, with Goff and Rosen and Baker Mayfield, yeah, those guys are awesome, and You can win a Super Bowl with those quarterbacks. They're great in the pocket. Their awareness is amazing. Their accuracy, their their football IQ, they're just they're great franchise quarterbacks. But then you watch Wentz and Mahomes, and if you are a scout or a coach, you are thinking, I mean, these are smart guys too in the pocket. Carson Wentz is a, is a film a film junkie. I am sure Mahomes is too. You know, young guys normally are. But also, you can see it, the throws they make that the other guys can't. And we look at Thursday night once that, that first touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey, where he's rolling to his right, rolling, throws a Madden-type pass that gets picked almost every single time, and just a pure arm throw hits Alshon Jeffrey in stride in the end zone. It had a 19 percent chance, it had a 19 percent success rate or possibility to complete that ball in the end zone, according to Gino on on Friday, which was I thought was an interesting stat. It's those kind of throws that they're thinking, yeah, if look, we can get them to play like Goff and Rosen in the pocket, but those kind of throws those other guys can't make. And that's what's so fun about Wentz and Mahomes. It's why they're going to be eye-popping all season long, and it's also why because, again, excitement and, you know, an excitement factor has to do with the MVP award as well. I hate to make a, a different sports comparison, but the NBA with Steph Curry. Well, Brian James should probably win the MVP every year. Steph Curry won it a couple years because he's dropping threes from almost half court. And that's the similar thing here with Wentz and Mahomes, is that they do things just on a more entertaining level, just making play after play after play. But I'm watching Mahomes on Sunday night, and I'm watching Wentz on Thursday. Look, this is the cream of the crop when it comes to the young NFL quarterbacks. But I'm telling you, if the Eagles start winning football games, Wentz is going to be right there with Mahomes at the end. We'll see if Mahomes slows down throughout the year. I think Wentz is getting better and better every week. I don't, Mahomes hasn't slowed down either, though. We'll see if he does eventually. This is his first year. But his lowest passing yards total this year was week one against the Chargers. He had 256 yards and four touchdowns. (laughs) Since then, he has not been under 300 yards. Since then, against the Steelers, 326 yards, six touchdowns. Then the next game against the Niners, he had three touchdowns, no picks. The Broncos, one touchdown, no picks. Not a great game against the Jaguars. He had two interceptions. But then he comes back yesterday, a slow first half. But comes back in the second half, four touchdowns and two interceptions, a one ten quarterback rating. It's just it's interesting. I the, the NFL has a lot of good young quarterbacks right now, and I think two of them could be in the lead for the MVP race very very soon. And I'm I'm happy for Andy Reid. You know, this is the kind of weaponry he had in Philadelphia. You know, you look at he had Deshaun Jackson, Jerry Macklin, and Jason about in the slot wasn't ideal. He was he was kind of the Chris Conley of that offense. But he had, you know, LaShawn McCoy. Brent Selleck was actually a, a good receiving tight end. I know some people forget that because in his later years in his career he was just a blocker. But the problem was he had to trade McNabb away. He was at the end of his run in the NFL. Kevin Cobb didn't work out. Michael Vick burst onto the scene in 2010 but after that he couldn't stay healthy and he dropped off. Defenses started picking up on what he was doing and they couldn't adjust. So, Reed kind of missed that opening with the weapons he had in Philadelphia. And it's awesome to see now in Kansas City that Big Red has Tyree Kill, who's his Deshaun Jackson, right? And Sammy Watkins is his Jeremy Macklin, and he's probably better than Jeremy Macklin was at the time. And, you know, Chris is his Jason Avant, and he's got Travis Kelsey, which they didn't have a Travis Kelsey in Philadelphia. And Kareem Hunt's his Lashawn McCoy, right? And then now, though, it's aligning up perfectly with a second-year quarterback that's basically a Ben Simmons rookie. If you will and his first year starting So I'm, I'm happy for Andy Reid Look it finally happened where everything lined up for him When McNabb was elite in the NFL When he was taking the Eagles to NFC Championship After NFC Championship He was throwing to James Thrash and Todd Pinkston And LJ Smith Not a lot of great weapons there It was his running backs really that did the most for him So it was good for Andy Reid though Andy Reid's got the weapons he had in Philadelphia At the end of his tenure But you know now actually he can Go somewhere with it because he's got the quarterback. Today's show is brought to you by MyBookie. Remember, guys, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. I would only recommend a service to my listeners. that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit, dollar for dollar. Use the promo code On. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, And visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And enter the promo code LOCKDOWN when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, and you get paid. MyBookie will match the listener's first deposit 100% up to $1,000. We thank MyBookie for sponsoring the Lockdown Eagles podcast today. Okay, guys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Eagles podcast Segment number two of three on this Monday edition of the show. I'm feeling good about the Birds right now. They're 3-3. Three and three. Their quarterback's playing like an elite quarterback in the NFL. Everybody's clicking. I know they, they can't, you know, they, they're getting, the injury bug has been everywhere for this Eagles team this year. And it's it's, it's frustrating. Sidney Jones is going to be week to week now, which really does stink. Razul Douglas, we'll see if he ends up playing safety more this week with Avante Maddox in the slot. By the way, I went before we get into our, our next topic, I went back to the L22 and watched Razul Douglas at safety last week. Didn't make a lot of crazy plays. Almost came down with that awesome pick because he always just has a nose for, you know, interceptions. But Douglas covered the, for, uh, the, the Rodney McLeod role pretty well against the Giants, taking guys away over the top. I thought Razul Douglas had a solid first start at safety against the Giants this Thursday when he was thrown in there when Sidney Jones got, uh, Sidney Jones got hurt. And... I think if they give him another shot here at Carolina in the next two weeks against Blake Bortles, I want to see Douglas continue to play safety. But, you know, the Eagles, look, they continue to have injuries. And it's where I want to come to next. They're going to have to make a... They're going to trade for somebody. I'm 100% certain that Hailey Roseman's not going to just sit on on his hands. It's just not the way he is. If we had any other GM, I would think maybe. And do they need to make a trade? Not necessarily. I mean, we saw what the Eagles team is capable of on Thursday night. And when you have Carson Wentz playing as good as he has, and look, they got weapons. <laughs> their, their receiving core is healthy right now. Zach Ertz, again, the best tight end football right now. If the offensive line can can perform the way they did on Thursday, this Eagles team can, can win the Super Bowl with what they have. But to make, to, to, to increase the odds of that actually happening... I want them to go out and get one of these big names that are on the open market. It's not every year in the NFL that these kind of players become available. When we're talking about Le'Veon Bell and LaShawn McCoy and Patrick Peterson, Amari Cooper. You know, Carl Joseph's not a big name, but he's a first round pick and he's at a position of need for the Eagles at safety. I just I'm watching the Thursday or the Sunday night game and I'm watching Josh Gordon in a Patriots uniform. And he and he had under fifty yards receiving, I think he had forty six total. So he didn't have a great game, but I'm seeing him starting to get comfortable in that offense, and he scored a touchdown two weeks ago in New England, and Brady's starting to hype him up, and he's starting to look good. And I'm thinking to myself, why? I mean, they only gave up a fifth-round pick. Howie Roseman, of all times, to be conservative. I understand that there's probably a lot of question marks with his character. They didn't know if there was a a drug thing involved with the Browns. But a fifth-round pick, I I would take a risk on whatever it was that the Browns cut Gordon for, I would take a risk on that for a fifth round pick to have the, the talent Josh Gordon has been. You know, I understand Jordan Matthews has not been terrible. I mean he hasn't been he's been a he's been a, a third receiver. He's been probably what you would expect him to be. He's produced more on the outside than I thought he would. He made two really nice third down conversions on the same drive late in the game on Thursday night, really had to close it out on some third and longs. He he caught a deep ball on Malcolm Butler against the Titans couple of weeks ago about three weeks ago but Josh Gordon with Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar and Zach Ertz yeah, this is what I'm saying it's just a fifth round pick is maybe Wendell Smallwood if you're lucky maybe a Josh Sweat but a lot of the time how many fifth round picks actually pan out you know when you can get a guy like Josh Gordon if Josh Gordon gets suspended again and we lose a fifth round pick I, I, I mean that's not something to me that's worth getting upset about, or that's saying no, we can't, we can't do it. We don't know what's going on. We gotta, you know, it's not worth the risk. What is the risk that you lose a fifth round pick? I'm just saying, how, how do the Patriots just steal Josh Gordon for absolutely nothing, and now they're loaded? They're loaded on offense now. I just don't be afraid to move picks. You know, even with the guys that are available right now, with Le'Veon Bell, I'll give up a second round pick. Heck, I might give up a second and a later pick. If the Steelers, if that's what it takes for the Steelers, or for Lashawn McCoy, Lashawn McCoy, a second round pick is is harder to accept. But with Eagle, the Eagles having two of them, and with the way McCoy still can move, and with his explosion and his athleticism, and the situation, the window that the Eagles have right now, I would I would consider giving up a second round pick for basically any of these guys. Even Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper isn't even twenty five years old yet, and I think he's been underutilized with the Raiders. I think he was hurt all of last year. He did suffer the drops. But we have seen the turnaround with Nelson Aguilar, and Amari Cooper is a better talent than Nelson Aguilar is. Same draft, by the way. Same, uh, both first-round picks. But even Amari Cooper, I mean, it would be tougher, but look, you essentially, let's think about it, you you got that second-round pick last year by moving down from pick 32. So you essentially—I t- mean—you take one of those guys with your first pick, and I'm not just giving up draft picks. I know how valuable they are to have a guy that you can have on f- if he's really good. You know, Sidney Jones. We're going to have or Carson Wentz. You know, the obvious one. We have Carson Wentz on a rookie deal for we could the Eagles could have Carson Wentz on a rookie deal for five years. So if they pan out and they're a great starter for you, it's an amazing bargain. And I understand that. But, again, with the Eagles' window and with some, with the situations these guys are in, Le'Veon Bell's going to be great for a while longer now in the NFL. And I think Amari Cooper, with a change of scenery, a great offensive system, he's not going to have to be the number one wide receiver. I would, I mean, he's the last one of the guys that I mentioned and probably some other ones that I would consider giving a second-round pickup for, for Amari Cooper. But all these guys seem right up Howie Roseman's alley. And it's just, you know, Josh Gordon reminded me yesterday last night, that I'm not afraid to give up draft picks for where the Eagles are at. And they have a lot of them. They have a first. They have two seconds. They basically have all the Carson Wentz trade with the Browns is over now. They're, the Eagles have all their picks. They're picking normal like everybody else in the NFL right now. And it's I'm, I'm kind of frustrated if the Eagles don't have Josh Gordon right now. I know it's, it's nitpicky because I still think this Eagles team is going to be one of the best in the league for the rest of the year. But I'm, th- I'm seeing that and saying this is why – I. I don't understand people on Twitter that say, no, 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 that are conservative with going after some of these stars. I trust the Eagles, of all teams, to be less afraid of that risk. They've done it with Jay Ajayi. They did it with Ronald Darby. giving up a third-round pick to the Buffalo Bills. They did it to go get Carson Wentz. I think Howie Roseman has a good understanding of value with draft picks and with players' situations. And, you know, if the Eagles were a team like in 2016, where they were then, I probably would not want to give the Bills a second round pick for Lashawn McCoy. But with where they are right now, and again, with where the picks are that you have, I would consider it. And I would have gave the Browns a fifth round pick. I might have gave them a fourth for Josh Gordon. The Bills, by the way, absolutely silly. They want a second round pick and more, according to reports. And I don't know if yesterday changes their mind with that Terrible, terrible loss to the Houston Texans. They're at 2-4 and four now. Maybe they consider just accepting a, a third-round pick for Lashawn McCoy now if they don't think they're in win-now mode. I don't think that's the case because I, I think Sean McDermott's crazy enough to think this Bills team can still make the playoffs despite the quarterback play that we saw from them yesterday. It's it's absolutely ludicrous. I'm not giving up a second-round pick and more for Lashawn McCoy. But I would consider a second-round pick. I, I really would. It was it was just funny I was watching the Patriots, watching Josh Gordon, I'm also seeing Sony Michel dominate for the Patriots in the ground game. And it's interesting, the Eagles I mean it's not that they there's nothing they could do about Sonny Michel. He went right in front of them at pick thirty one. But the Eagles could have had two of the weapons the Patriots are utilizing. That were huge parts in that win against the Chiefs, more so in Michelle than Josh Gordon. But if if Sonny Michel falls one more spot, I don't know if the Eagles moved down from pick 32. I know there were reports that they were interested in Cortland Sutton if they sat at that pick, but that was also probably after Sonny Michelle already got taken. If Michelle was on the board, I don't know. I think the Eagles might consider taking Michelle, and if they decide to give up a fifth-round pick for Josh Gordon, maybe the Browns or I mean, why would you accept a fifth-round pick for the Patriots over the Eagles when you send Gordon out to the NFC? You don't make the Patriots better. It wouldn't have made sense if the Eagles wanted Josh Gordon, they probably could have had him, or you just jack up the price so the Patriots have to pay more. Regardless, it, it was interesting though. Yesterday, the Patriots—they have two guys that I really wanted for the Eagles. One, the Eagles couldn't really control. The other one, they could have. But I thought that was interesting. I put up a poll talking about trades. I think, look, I think they're going to make—they're going to do something, even if it's a small thing like bringing in a, a, a veteran safety, you know, like Branch, or maybe, I mean, HaHa Clinton-Dix is available. and Maybe maybe Carl Joseph. Maybe they just trade for Carl Joseph. That's not a huge, huge trade. I mean, he is a former first-round pick, but if the Eagles trade for Carl Joseph from the Raiders, that's not a blockbuster deal. So maybe they do just something like that. Maybe they do go in and get Le'Veon Bell. Maybe they trade for Kenyon Drake. I don't know if Drake's going to be available after that fumble. In Miami, he did come back in overtime and play pretty well right after that. But again, Frank Gore, the ghost of Frank Gore, took over in Miami and that overtime. Maybe they can fleece him away from Miami two years in a row. They could get a good young back from them. They're, I think they're going to do something. I did put up a poll, and I was interested because we were, we were talking on Sunday after the Raiders reports came out. Cooper and Carl Joseph both being put on the trade block. Those are both positions that the Eagles could be looking to upgrade. I mean, there's a lot of people that say that the Eagles should go – add a safety or a receiver more so than a running back. And I don't agree with that, but those are two other positions that the Eagles might be looking for for help. So I put up a poll. poll, Amari Cooper and Carl Joseph or Le'Veon Bell? Who would you rather trade for? 52%. This was closer than I expected. 52% said Le'Veon Bell, and 48% said Cooper and Joseph. And again, if you ask me, I say Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is a top five player in in the league. Maybe not top five. We're talking about let's let's just uh, quarterbacks. Obviously, are probably like the first ten people on the list. But Le'Veon Bell just talent wise, where he is, he is an elite player in the league. He's a top ten talent. And a Mark Cooper look, he's good. He's young. He's talented. He's in a in an offense that. Look, I just he's he's always been deferred over. Uh, Michael Crabtree and now it's Jared Cook and a lot of it's on parts of it are on him he had drop issues but he is still a good young talent but him and Carl Joseph I'm I'm much rather going with with Le'Veon Bell I I really like Corey Clement he's one of my favorite players on the team and can the Eagles win at all with Corey Clement as your running back sure but I saw a lot of a lot of meat left on the bones on Thursday night, I, and I love Clement. I think he could be your—he's the perfect number two running back. He is—he is the Eagles version of James White, where he's a better runner than people give him credit for. He runs a, a lot harder than his size than he looks running on the football field. You know, he's a hard guy to bring down, but he's a pass catcher as well. But I just look with receiver—they have Alshon Jeffrey playing like a number one wideout. Nelson Aguilar starting to get going. He started making those big plays against the Giants that we saw, that we were accustomed to seeing last year. You know, at safety, I like Razul Douglas. I'm dying on this hill. I am the leader of the Razul Hive. I'm declaring it right now. Razul Douglas played really well at safety against the Giants. And if Sidney Jones is going to be out for a little bit, they're going to want Avante Maddox in the slot. They love Avante Maddox. And he is the he is the eventual future slot corner in this Eagles starting lineup. Whenever Darby leaves or they decide to move Sidney Jones outside and Mills maybe at safety, regardless, Maddox is going to be inside. I, I, I would keep developing Douglas there for this year. So even with Douglas and Maddox and Corey Graham's going to come back eventually and you have Malcolm Jenkins still, there are more solutions to those two positions. I don't even think receiver is an issue right now. I don't think it's a liability. Running back is not a liability, but not having a Le'Veon Bell type at running back is – is it's holding back this offense. It it is. Wendell Smallwood and Clement were very efficient against the Giants. But there were a lot of plays I saw that they turned into a 6- or 7-yard run that Le'Veon Bell or Lashawn McCoy, I think this is obvious, but those kind of guys could have ripped off a 30-yarder or or, or a bigger play. So I'm with the Le'Veon Bell group here on this poll. 52% said Le'Veon. And 48% said Cooper and Joseph. I thought that was interesting. If if it comes down to the same value, if they they have to give up for both. I'm still probably going with Levion Maybe I mean, if he, if the Raiders really want a second for Amari Cooper, they might have to throw in Carl Joseph. And the I mean, the Eagles might. They would have to give up probably another pick. They're not going to just take two former first round picks from the Raiders for for a second. But I'm, I'm in the Le'Veon Bell camp still, and I'm not giving up on that. All right, let's take one more break. When we'll come back, we'll wrap up the show. I'm going to tell you why the Eagles are still clearly at the top of the NFC East. That's coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. Louis DiBiase here wrapping up the show, the Monday, October 15th edition. If you missed anything from the Lockdown Eagles podcast throughout the week, or if you if you if you're not gonna be able to catch the show tomorrow or on Wednesday, don't worry, we got you covered. Everything is archived on the podcast feed and on LockdownEagles.com. We got some cool film reviews coming this week on the website. We got some a lot more written content coming your way this week as we've kind of slowly each week been increasing and increasing the written content on the website. So you know, if you're just listening to the podcast, make sure to go check out LockdownEagles.com. We have some awesome articles we've been posting out there for the past couple of weeks and. Come engage with us. locked on Eagles on Twitter. It's at locked birds. Follow me on Twitter at DBIASILOE. Follow Gino at Gino underscore LOE. We're always talking birds. So I do this podcast five days a week, but I do the Eagles on Twitter 24-7. I'm always talking birds, so hit me up at DBIASILOE. And if you ever have a topic you want to have covered, we, get, we got you. We are... We are the Eagles, the official daily podcast for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're, we're the we're the only one that does it every single day throughout the week. So, Lockdown Eagles, thank you for listening. We, we, we really do appreciate everyone that's been with us throughout the season. And just keep listening, and hopefully the Birds can make another magic season out of this. It'll be, it'll be a fun time. And I don't think they're going to have a hard time getting into the playoffs. That's not something that I'm concerned with, even at 3-3. Three and three. I'm still, I'm still in on a bye week. I don't think anyone in the NFC has really separated themselves outside of the Rams. You know, the Rams are probably going to be the one seed. The Vikings don't look great. The Packers right now, it's Monday night. Currently when I'm recording this, the Niners are toe-to-toe with the Packers. The Packers are not the same, even with Aaron Rodgers. I like the Panthers, but even the Panthers, they just lost to Washington. New Orleans is really good, too. So probably New Orleans and L.A. But outside of that, I'm, I'm confident the Eagles can still get a bye week. And I, I know the, the Redskins right now are 3-2, and two, and Dallas just beat Jacksonville, who was one of the Super Bowl favorites in the offseason. I am not scared of either one of those teams. But look, Alex Smith, people, I mean, he is, he's had a successful career. He is, when you have Alex Smith, you're a decent team. You know, he's made the playoffs, so he's played a lot of playoff football. Would I rather have him or Kirk Cousins? I think it's a toss-up. I think Alex Smith is that good, but if another team has Alex Smith, I will never be afraid of that team ever. I think no matter what, the way he, the way his style is, you know, he was he got way more involved in the deep ball game last year with the Chiefs. But Alex Smith will never install fear into me for the Eagles. He just he just won't. I mean, there's when he doesn't have the weapons he had with the Chiefs or the 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 the, the game plan of Andy Reid every single week you know Jake Rudin's a pretty good quarterback guy but with the weapons that he doesn't have right now in Washington and Alex Smith as it is is just he's an okay quarterback he's good he's not great he does not make the plays that Carson Wentz or Patrick Mahomes do I'm not scared of Washington I don't think they're going to be able to grind out games like they did on Sunday consistently throughout the year the Eagles are on another level than Washington they're on they're four levels higher five, ten, ten levels higher than Dallas and Washington, talent-wise. They blowed them off the map. And, again, with, with Dallas, they were at home. They took on a Jacksonville team that just, they cannot score the football. They can't move it. Leonard Fournette's hurt. They're trotting out old man Jamal Charles at running back. And Blake Bortles should not be a starter in, in the NFL. He is, Blake Bortles is terrible. So, and I still watch Dallas' offense, and I saw no creativity. I didn't see anything that makes me fear those two teams. And we saw what the Giants are. The Giants are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So the Eagles still clearly are at the top of the NFC East, and I know they're only 3-3 three and three right now, and they're in a mosh pit at the top three of the division, but they're going to run away with the division sooner or later, if you ask me. Sunday did not. I know both teams, the Redskins and the Cowboys, got convincing wins against good teams in the NFL. Neither one of them. I watched a lot of both of those games. I saw two very restricted quarterbacks, two very untalented offenses when we're talking about weapons. I don't fear Washington, and I don't fear Dallas, truthfully. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at DBIASILOE. Check out the show at LockedOnEagles.com and archived on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, wherever we are up and available. Gino and I will be back tomorrow continue our coverage this week the Eagles three and three they take on Carolina on Sunday we'll start that coverage on Wednesday thank you for joining me today we'll see you tomorrow thank you and let's go Birds